I'm Danielle Critchley. And I'm Stella Bergen. And this is the Stella Fit Podcast. So Stella, I have some friends who just bounce from one exercise trend to another exercise trend. And I'm wondering if you could give us and our listeners some advice as to what is a trend or a fad versus what has real scientific or health, real long lasting health benefits. Sure. Um, you know, it's so interesting. They're always exercise trends, right? I mean, hey, I was a disciple of Jane Fonda when I was in um, high school. I used to have the Jane Fonda's workout and trust me, I had the the leotards where they went way up on your hips. Do you remember that? Yeah. The leg warmers. Oh, right, right. The leg warmers. I remember. And off the shoulder, the shirt. Oh, Oh, no. That was flash dance. But that's all kind of that same. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of the Jane Fonda is kind of Based on, if you go back and look at some of those Jane Fonda exercises, a lot of them are kind of Pilates, ballet, some just basic movements, good, like mobility, getting the heart rate going, um, you know, exercises, right? I mean, I every once in a while, I do a few exercises that people always say, are we going back to Jane Fonda? Well, she really got people thinking about kind of structured exercise, you know, in that way, like going to exercise class. I know there was jazzercise. Beginning of aerobics. Kind of, right? Mm -hmm. And then we moved into aerobics and then step aerobics became very popular. And, you know, you could just keep going and going. And you're absolutely right. My mother used to go for walks. Right. That was her exercise. It would never occur to her to go to an exercise class, class or anything like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm a fan of whatever gets you moving and helps you be consistent. But I, we're going to go through a few of these that have been popular probably, you know, in the last I don't know, five to eight years, maybe 10 years. And and they're, they're definitely pros and cons. Most of them are, are definitely based on scientific principles. So um, that's all fine. But but maybe just give you some few tips so you kind of understand how you can use some of these classes effectively and kind of create some structure around some of these classes. Um, you know, I am one of those people that if someone says never do this, you should always do this. It's a red flag for me, right? Because every person is so different and everyone's body is so different. And, and just as no two person really should be exactly eating the same thing or they don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, people's exercise routines do, do not need to be the same. I mean, there's a part of me that sure, I would love to see everyone running in some capacity because I love to run and I've gotten tons of benefit out of running. Does that really mean that everyone can run or should run or where running will be effective for them? I mean, no. Could you give us maybe some of the pros and cons of each one so that people can evaluate what works and doesn't work for them? So speaking of running, we'll we'll start there because there was definitely that cardio marathon craze, right? Like Jim Fix, he wrote that book, Running, and next thing you know, everyone is marathoning became more popular. and, And we've seen that, right? Where the New York, City Marathon and the Boston Marathon and the Chicago Marathon, they all used to only have 
probably fewer than 10,000 people. And then it became 12,000, then it became 20,000. And now they allow many more people and you have to register much earlier. You will not get in. A lot of them have lotteries. So the running craze really took off and especially the marathoning. I, I feel like now we're into the ultra marathoning has become a little bit more in vogue. That takes a special person to be an ultra marathoner. But there's nothing wrong with running. I love running. I've done it for a long time. But once again, in the running world, we know that too much, too soon, too fast almost always ends up with injury. And and that's true for all of these, really. If If you're doing anything too much, too soon, too fast, you often will end up with an injury. But, you know, a a marathon is a great goal, but a 5k is a great goal for many people, a 10k, a half marathon, um, any, you know, the mud race, endurance races, where you have um, like the Spartan race, where you kind of mix in some physical challenges along with the running and endurance challenge. All of those are great. Um, What I would say is if you're going to undertake anything like that, that's an endurance race, will benefit you most if you have a well thought out progressive program. And and there are a lot of them online now, or you can certainly hire someone to do it, or you can join a team, a team of training or or a group, which is great. But so we had the running craze. So we've had the high intensity interval training craze probably for the last, I don't know, it's been probably eight years. And that's what we do a lot in our We do hit. Yes. So I try to vary, like we have, um, for those of you that don't come to my class, I I do three classes a week. It's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But what I try to do is we do one or two hit classes a week. And then I try to do one either where you're in this high intensity steady state for a certain amount of time, or we just more are staying in an aerobic zone. And a lot of this is based on heart rate principle, right? So where if you are where strapped into a heart rate monitor, your heart rate is anaerobic, getting in the higher zone, and then you're coming back down. So you're working super, super hard, and then you're recovering and super, super hard and recovering. But you're never really recovering all the way back down. You're kind of keeping your heart rate where it's going up and down, um, really kind of that above green level. So okay. it's orange level, which really that's orange theory. Their whole thing is keeping your heart rate in. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's orange theory is based on that heart rate principle. And it's really a hit interval training class, um, which is a great one. So orange theory, a lot of the boxing classes, Barry's boot camp, which is the treadmill alternating treadmill intense interval. So they, if you go to Barry's boot camp, they will alternate super intense intervals with the recovery interval. And then you alternate that with strength training. A lot of the the Peloton um, platform, a lot of the rides and you know Soul Cycle, some of the spin classes also use that where that where you go intense intervals with recovery intervals, intense intervals with the recovery. And a lot of people like it because you can work intensely for a short amount of time mentally, knowing that you're going to get a recovery, and then so you can push yourself. But the key is to push yourself. What I found is, um, especially as people get older, like once you hit your forties, fifties, it, I think getting people outside their comfort zone, it becomes increasingly harder. People kind of get settled in their ways and 
I, I don't think, know. You I just hear you. I think it's also might have something to do with worried about getting injured. Right, people or, are worried about a lot. It's probably when a I lot was of younger, things. I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, and now it's like, well, and I, I also have injuries. Injury is, you know, most people want to avoid being injured. Just remember, too much, too soon, too fast. So whether you're adding, you know, for marathon training, it's adding too many miles. Too much, too soon, too fast. But when you go to any of these hit classes, what I would avoid is too much weight, too much, too soon, too fast. So that is one of the things I will tell you. I've done Barry's boot camp here in Palo Alto the last two Sundays in a row. And the instructor has been fantastic. I really, really like him. He's one of the better Barry's instructors I've been to. And, um, but he does say for women, um, get, you know, either 10, 12, 15 pound weights or um, 12, 15, 20 pound weights, depending on whether he wants you to go higher or lower. And I'm getting eight to 10. So that's really interesting considering how fit you are. Because I've had a shoulder injury. And if you are doing too much overhead pressing, um, definitely lateral delt raises. There are just certain exercises. You put too much weight and do too many reps. It's very easy to strain your muscle, just overuse it. As you know, you've had a shoulder injury. They are tough to get rid of. Yeah, I've got yeah. mine for life. Just remember, it. there's no shame in picking up a lighter weight. You can work a little faster. You can go pick up five pounds and do double time reps. It's um, you don't need, there was, you do not need to be the person who's pushing the most weight overhead. I promise you don't do that. I, there was a woman behind me. I got a little distracted. Um, and she had 30 pound weights and she was struggling to push them over her head. And I was thinking, why? Like you are, I, I, all I could see is an injury waiting to happen. It, to me, it, it I wasn't seeing, um, that much gained from it at all. I mean, she mentally may, may have made her feel stronger and just struggle a little bit, but in a dark room, Barry's boot camp is dark, um, where you don't get much, you know, you're not, no one is there to support you, really. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just too many people in there. The instructor's job is to keep your energy up and push you to work a little harder. Not modify but, and correct. Yeah, there's no one there spotting her pushing mm-hmm. those weights overhead. Her form was terrible and it, I was cringing. So don't do that. You know what? She could have easily done 15 to 20 pounds and would have probably gotten more out of it. But that's just my opinion. So anyway, those are hit classes. Hit's great. I would probably only do hit two, three days a week because the idea is you're working very intensely, right? So okay. um, you don't need to be doing hit every day, right? Two to three days a week balanced with some other things like steady state cardio uh, two days a week, maybe. Um you know, mix it up. It's great. All right. So the next we have the bar classes. We had the bar method. We have um, pure bar. We had, there's so many of them, right. right? There's tons coming up with different names all the time. Yeah. And those are great too. They're really alignment classes. They're kind of, they're based on the Pilat, a lot of Pilates exercises along with typical ballet. What was typical ballet training? Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, it, it's really based on repetition. So what they're trying to do is get you to use some of the smaller muscles. So our listeners need to know that our bodies will always choose the path to least resistance. 
So what you, we don't want to do is train dysfunction, right? So if you've got overdeveloped quads and you have a trainer who is just making you do squat after squat after squat without getting you to maybe really make a mental connection of activating the glutes and kind of working on balancing out your lower body, what you're going to do is you're just going to keep using those quads over and over because your brain is saying, oh, hey, those quads have this. Keep using it. And that's the easiest thing for you to turn on to get into a squat position. So I'm just trying to make that example that you will always choose the path to least resistance. So if the least resistance has created some dysfunction, you're just adding on to that dysfunction. Right? Okay. So the idea of the bar class is really to use the smaller muscles that we don't often use nearly as much, which is great. Most of us could actually use to, um, especially for posture and alignment, we really could benefit from using a lot of those smaller muscle groups. And balance. And balance. And it's time under tension. So you're doing tons of repetition to the point that you really feel burning. You can hardly do 10 right. more I, reps. When I've done it, I'm shaking. Right. It's time under tension. The, the thing is, if you're just doing bar or a bar class every single day, it's just too much repetition. Ballet dancers do those type of exercises, but then they're spending hours practicing ballet, which are big, large movements that are dynamic in nature, and they're really unloaded movement training. I mean, it is three-dimensional. So you're taking this training, which is trying to make you stronger in very one dimension, right? but then they're combining it, they're balancing it out. So the problem with the bar classes is unless you're now doing dance classes or you're doing animal flow workouts or you're doing... Um, I don't know, maybe you're doing some flow classes with weights at the gym. You really want to balance that high repetition linear training with some type of more big movement training. Hmm. Um, so once again, just too much of that intense repetition every single day can lead to injury and, and not super balanced, right? So you're also not getting cardio. Like, so if I was doing bar classes, once again, maybe make bar your base. If you love that, do it three, four days a week. Balance it out the other days with other things. That makes sense. So CrossFit, we've had CrossFit now for many years. The, the thing with CrossFit, um, the red flag is the variability in the box owners. So you have some great, highly trained box owners run their studios really, really well, but it's all over the map because almost anyone can hang up a CrossFit shingle. They, it's not, they basically sell you a license, I think is how it works. So what you're saying is do your research. Do your research, yeah. CrossFit is great. It's based on variability and intensity principle. So you're lifting and moving different amounts of weight, but they try to make it very intense. So like they want you running really fast. They want you lifting heavy. They're trying to make it really intense. So you get a lot of gains. Um, no cardio, just resistance training. We had that. I think that was kind of like the backlash to the big running, like all cardio craze and the pendulum went the other way. Um, yeah, you know what? Everyone needs cardio. Your heart needs some cardio. So that don't, don't buy into that. Resistance training is great, but your heart needs some cardio. So you can certainly do resistance training and just go on some great aerobic walks. 
Um, but walking your dog while they're sniffing, stopping and sniffing every <laughs> I time is not, not cardio. Not cardio. <laughs> All right. So yoga, yoga is really not a trend. It's a lifestyle. It's just become incredibly a lifestyle that's been around for centuries and has become incredibly trendy. I love seeing yoga incredibly trendy because I think it's really, I think part of the reason it's become trendy is because we are like all like hamsters on a wheel going 90 miles an hour all the time. And yoga is that thing that says, oh, not in here. Oh, no, you aren't. You're going to slow down right. and you are going to breathe and you're going to be mindful of your body. And and I think it's really filling a void and a need in our lives. So yoga is awesome. Once again, too much yoga. To, especially if you're doing a lot of power yoga. I mean, to, I don't think anyone could do too much yin yoga, but if you're doing a lot of power yoga and just, I have been to classes where I, I lost, I couldn't count the number of chaturangas I did. And I, if I did that day in, day out, every single day, and my chaturangas weren't perfect and I hadn't really built up to that, you can easily get tendinitis. Oh, absolutely. You know, shoulders, oh. elbows, wrists. Um, so yoga is certainly not void of its injuries. You just need to be aware. You've got to mix it up and you've got to balance out the stress on your tissues. Just remember if you are stressing your tissues in one plane of motion and just high repetitions over and over, um, and you're not balancing it out, you are kind of setting yourself up for a potential injury. Right. Um, so and then the latest thing we see a lot is like just these mobility stretching classes that are popping up. And I think that's probably hopping on the yoga trend, but also filling in a void and a need. I really I think it's our age group demographic. Um, it probably really appeals to the 45 and older where they want to remain super fit and but yet their tissues aren't as pliable as they once were. Right. And we also spend a lot more time than say sitting. our parents did sitting yes. and in front of computers Absolutely. or tablets or yes, all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. And you hit the nail on the head with that. Right. So as we've talked about in previous podcasts about posture and all of that and stretching and mobility makes a big difference. Yes. And it's huge. And really like if everybody could get up, like, you know, there's a reason when your dog gets off the bed, they go, oh, sorry, not everyone's dog sleeps on their bed. Like, Ours, my mine bed does habits. not. My dog's <laughs> a golden retriever. Their dog bed. The when their dog gets up off their dog bed, why they're doing down dog and up dog and breathing and stretching before they take a few steps. You know, we could all learn a lot from our dogs. That's a good point. So if we all did a little bit of mobility, um, and just kind of functional range of motion conditioning in the morning, we'd all be healthier and feel better and move better. And I, I often try to prescribe that for most of my clients. It's just, it is difficult to get people to do it, right? Tomorrow I'll try that. Tomorrow. I'll get up. And when I get up with the dog, I'll do a downward dog it's with five her. Minutes of meditation <laughs> a few times a day and mobility and stretching work. It's really like, I, I like active mobility work more than I like just basic stretching, but that's just me. I, I love big mobility movements. It just opening up and really getting the tissues to stretch and reach. Um, 
I try to get, I mean, if most of my clients could do those two things, five minutes of meditation and five minutes of mobility in the morning, I, just that make, can make a huge difference. I'm going to try it. I'll let you guys know how it goes. Okay. I have one question for you. So as you know, I have a golden retriever and mm-hmm. we walk a lot. So this weekend we were walking and I saw so many people out running and they were new runners because mm-hmm. I know the local runners. I walk my dog a lot and these were new runners and half of them look like they're about to die. I was a bit worried, but you know, I suspect I'll see them maybe next weekend and then I'll never see them again until spring next right. year. So do you have any advice for that group of people that, and you know, that suddenly comes us, it's spring, it's summer, I want to get into shape. Right. How do they keep going? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it's hard. I, um, you know, I, I just at some point realized that I felt so much better when I am active and in shape and running and kind of consistent with it that, that I just, I feel better. So if I missed a couple of days, I'm like, oof, I got to get back on my routine. But I've been doing it for so long. Right. It's really difficult to get people in the groove enough that they make that mental connection that I feel so much better. And therefore, this is going to become a priority. So until people really decide that their health and well-being is going to be a top priority, I would say eight out of 10, seven out of 10. It probably depends on where you live. But I mean, even here, the number of people that will get jump on the bandwagon and then life gets in the way and jump on the bandwagon and life gets in the way. And I mean, as you know, I train and coach and work with some of the most um, powerful people in the Silicon Valley of a handful of these just very powerful people. And I'm super impressed because they are committed to keeping their time. They rarely change their time or cancel. They do let me know up front. Like we, if they're traveling or something. Right. If they're traveling, but, um, but they definitely prioritize make it, it a priority. Yes. And, and I guess and, what I'm hearing is either they've got, either you get a personal trainer, somebody mm-hmm. that you are sort of reporting back to that's holding you accountable. Or I, when I thought about it, what kept me going is the group is, you know, yes. I'm that there's, I like being part of that yeah. group. And I know they'll, where are you? How come you're not here? And no, it, but you know, the hard thing is like my daughter went to college and, um, you know, you hope that you've, set a foundation for your kids making healthy choices and and college is like a cesspool of bad choices. Right. I mean, it can't be, I mean, it's hard to be, it is hard for teenagers to stay healthy. It really is like I, it is not the norm. We live in what should be one of the healthiest areas of the country And my son told me the other day, he's basically the only one of his friends that has vegetables in their lunchbox. You know, it's fascinating. I I feel for my daughter and she dances and does cheer. She's literally doing it six days a week. Right. Either both or one or the other. And, you know, she struggles with her weight. And it's so sad because she goes out with her group of friends and they have the milkshakes and the French fries and the burgers and they're pencil thin. And right. she just doesn't have that body type or 
and it's I just feel bad. And it's just the whole culture. They're frappuccinos yeah. and sugary drinks. It's right. really tough on them. It is. It's really, really tough. And I and is it like it doesn't matter what you say, you know, the kids it's hard for them to really believe that this daily frappuccino habit is going to catch up with them eat someday, even though they're sitting in AP biology, <laughs> knowing on a cellular level that this is not doing your body from the inside out. And even if you even if you would never gain an ounce from it, and it's really not about the weight. It is about putting in your body the best form of nutrients you possibly can so that you can thrive, that your cells can thrive, that that from a biological perspective, you are feeding your body the best you possibly can so that it can perform its best. And that every single day, you know, we ask a lot of our bodies and our brains. And so why shouldn't we give them give it and are the best fuel you possibly can. But old saying, you are what you eat. Right. I mean, and, and that is true. It's probably a little bit more complicated that, but you know, what you feed yourselves with is really kind of how they, what, what they replicate themselves with, Mm -hmm. right. It's a nourishment that they use to replicate themselves. So I really, I don't want to be a chip, you know, I just, I don't want to. You don't want to be a what? I don't want to be a chip. A chip? <laughs> Is it a computer chip? I don't get no, it. No, like a potato chip. Oh, a potato yeah, chip. I'm just teasing, Sorry. right? Like if you're only eating <laughs> chips and soda and oh, absolutely. just, right? Yeah. And that's really that they eat. That they, is their they diet. They do. And so my daughter's at college and, oh, she was just like all on this super, um, motivated plan. And I set her up with it. I did a Google doc for her and she was so gung ho, but her friend, I'm not going to name any names because I'm sure the friend already knows that I've got the evil eye of doom coming (laughs) towards her from across the country. Um, Of course, her friend just decided, just kind of stopped going with her. And I think my daughter really likes to go work out at her college gym a little bit later in the evening because it's not as crowded and and not having a friend go. It's not my, it's not the friend's fault. So I don't want anyone out there to be like, it's not the friend's fault. It's not. And I adore this friend. So I'm not, I'm just kind of kidding with the evil eye of doom. Um, but I think it's made it really hard for my daughter to maintain her motivation. She's still going to the gym, but she goes like three days a week. She was going all, like almost every single day, except for one day. It's just harder for her to get motivation. So, you know, I think it finding a friend or a group is great, but you really want your friend or your group to be as motivated as you are. Because when all of a sudden, often when the friend loses motivation, I think that's the advantage of the group. The group, because right? Because you've got, even if some one of your friends drops out, you've mm-hmm. got other people in that group yeah. that are still there. I did tell my daughter she needs to recruit some more friends to work out so that she kind of always has a buddy. Kind you of that think there'd be some sort of running group or something or some sort of exercise group on campus, but there are, and there are group classes she can go to. So, I mean, she has other options. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, it is, I think, especially in our girls age, mm-hmm. it is, it's tough. It's tough. It's really hard. It shouldn't be, but it really is. And college 
is a tough place to try well, to keep up with your health. And we've habits. done a podcast on this before yeah. the freshman 15, but you know, I was thinking back when I was a kid, frappuccinos didn't exist. Right. Well, lots of things no. didn't exist. It's kind yeah, of embarrassing, just, but we didn't have those options. So, and I still gained 15 pounds. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't have the abundance and, you know, I mean, we certainly didn't have DoorDash and we Correct. had pizza delivery, but that was about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It really wasn't. And it yeah, just, just wasn't culturally as. However, we were guilty of buying stocking up at the 7-Eleven. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. We're not perfect. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to leave us with anything? Yeah. You know what? I, I would just say, um, you know, we've talked about this before, build your base, right? So if you think of your health in that, a little bit of that pyramid mindset, you want to have your foundation or your base and build a wide base. So whatever you really enjoy doing, where it's running or bar or CrossFit or Barry's Bootcamp or whatever, that's what you really love to do. Pick your base to be your three to four days a week and then build in some other things around your base. And, and just remember, the body really loves variability of movement and load. Too much repetition is, is really not super healthy. So build your have your base be consistent with your base and then kind of build in some other things that balance out whatever you're doing as your base and um, be consistent. Small changes can really bring about substantial results. So just little things like getting up and doing five minutes of yoga or mobility work can really have a profound impact on your health overall. So never think oh my gosh, I only have 20 minutes. It's not worth it. It's always worth it. And be active all day long. Okay. If you can. Well, that's it for today. I got to get up and be active now. Yes, I know. We've been (laughs) sitting too long. Exactly. Yeah. And hopefully shoot us any questions you have. Follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook. And we hope that you will keep listening. Awesome. Thanks. Have a great day.